0: Will you remain standing as we have our scripture reading this morning? It comes from Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, and then again, verses 22 through 31. It's portraying wisdom being created before the foundations of the earth. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. In verses 22. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields, or the world's first bits of soil. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him, like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the human race. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
1: Thank you, Janet. You know, I, I, I don't know how old that I was, before I realized that my, my parents weren't near as dumb as what I thought they were. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, growing up, I thought, how could you? You know, surely you have more sense than that. You know, but, but anyway, and my mama, my mama, she would always tell me, she'd say, Tommy, and I don't know if she told Jerry and Charlotte this, probably not, but, but anyway, she'd tell me, she said, if you have to think about doing it, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, Mama, Mama was always that way with me. But, but anyway, so I've had a little teaching in the Proverbs before. Proverbs was Proverbs. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for these, your people, this, your church. Pray that I get out of your way so that your people might hear a word from you. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Summer's here, school's out. Folks have graduated ready to get on with life. Regardless of what level of education, now is the time to get on with it. Whether you got your BS or your BA, master's degree, an MD, a PhD, MD, THD, whatever it is that you receive, now is the time to get on with it. Peter Gomes, chaplain at Harvard, was given a commencement speech at Stanford. And he said, I remember when I received my diploma. Of course, this has been years ago. He says it was an exciting day with all of the processionals and the ceremonies and everything that was going on. A very exciting day. The talks by the the speakers that told us about our responsibility to save the world. Have I ever told y'all who the commencement speaker was when I graduated from seminary? Have I told y'all that before? Mr. Rogers. He was, Mr. Rogers. He was, a, he was an ordained Presbyterian uh, minister. Just the nicest guy. He didn't have on his sweater. He had on a robe. And he didn't pull off his shoes and put on his house shoes. But anyway, I can remember because me being sort of like I am uh, and, and being with those folks for, I wasn't there very long. I wasn't in seminary very long, a couple of years. But, but they uh, it tickled them to death. That Mr. Rogers gave my commencement. They said that suits you right, Tommy. But but anyway, anyway, time to save the world. I remember he said after I got my diploma in my hand as the crowd began to disperse. I looked around me, he said past the stadium and into the city beyond. And I began to think and look at the size of the world that just lay out beyond the city. I looked down at my diploma again, he said. Then back to the city and the world. As I turned again to my diploma, from out of nowhere those famous words by Tallulah Bankhead suddenly came into my mind, truly there is less here than meets the eye. After some 30-odd years now in ministry and several of those expensive wall hangings in my office, I can say amen to that. I'm not here, though, to address or to reflect on the end of another school year. If I was, I could not choose a, a, a subject for my remarks better than the one chosen by the church's lectionary reading for today. Wisdom. Wisdom. Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, the scripture says, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The background for this day is Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday, the the one Sunday in the entire church here, to set aside for us to focus on. Not an important event. The Trinity is not an important event, but it's a very important doctrine. It may be a confusing doctrine to some, but still, yet yeah, it's very, very important. The late Cardinal Cushing said that when he was a parish priest, he was summoned to a store to give a man his last rites, for he had collapsed following the custom of the Roman Catholic Church. He knelt down by the man and asked, do you believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Then the Cardinal said, the man roused a little bit, opened one eye, and said, here I am dying, and you ask me a riddle. Well, for many of us, the Trinity may seem like a riddle, and how we express it, but it's how we have come to know The Almighty God how did the church ever arrive at this formula to begin with it's not spelled out in Scripture You can't take your Bible and open it up and it says oh there's here's Trinity And here's what what it means. Nowhere in Scripture do we even find the word Trinity But as we read and study those sacred texts And I emphasize that those sacred texts we meet God and three persons God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each distinct, yet each uniquely divine. The church could have decided that this means we deal with three different gods. But further reflection said no to that idea. Just one God in whom we know in three different ways. It was a wise decision. Perhaps that's one of the reasons the church chose for today its Old Testament reading from Proverbs on this Trinity Sunday, part of the so-called wisdom literature. This took wisdom. Listen again to the text. Wisdom is personified, takes voice and speak. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work. Think about that. The Lord created me at the beginning. This is wisdom. At the beginning of his work. The first of his acts long ago. Ages ago I was set up. At the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made the earth or the fields or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker. And I was his daily delight rejoicing before him always rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. According to this, according to the scriptures, wisdom is not about to take a backseat to anyone or anything in its importance and her importance in this world. And that preeminence extends back to creation. Tying this back to our opening thoughts about the end of the school year That's not a a bad theme for a baccalaureate or a commencement address. If any graduate or anyone else would choose a worthy goal, wouldn't you say that wisdom would be a wonderful choice? I know know with my family, with my friends, if they could choose anything and they said, I'm going to choose wisdom, it'd tickle me to death. Well, isn't that right? One thing that you'd choose, wisdom, be wise. If that indeed is your goal, the book of Proverbs is, has a, a great deal to say about it. Beside the fact that it's so crucially important. For example, what is the source of wisdom? Proverbs 2.6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom. In other words, wisdom is not something for which we study or go to school. Knowledge is, knowledge is, Wisdom's not. Knowledge is, wisdom is not. According to scripture, it is one more good gift given to us by a gracious God. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is like grits. Yeah, y'all heard me right. I said grits. A Pennsylvania fellow was traveling in our part of the country and Stopped by a mom-and-pop restaurant for breakfast. He ordered eggs, bacon, and toast. Only to, his surprise, only to his surprise, a white mass was, uh, was on his plate when his food was served. What's this, he asked. Grits, said the waitress. I didn't order grits, said the traveler. No matter, said the, uh, the waitress, they just come. <laughs> I wish that I could say that eventually, that eventually, that wisdom will be ours, like it or not. If we could just wait long enough, we would all be wiser. Even the ancient Greeks knew better than that. They said not by years, but by disposition is wisdom acquired. Every one of us probably knows someone who's been on the job for 10 years. But instead of 10 years experience, he or she, they have one year of experience 10 times. Y'all know what I'm saying? Just as with those grits, they, they might just come, but they mean nothing at all if you leave them on your plate. What can wisdom do for us? Well, there are health and welfare benefits. Proverbs 3.16 says, Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Long life, okay. Doctors have told us, don't smoke, don't, smoke, don't drink too much. Uh, watch, watch the fatty foods. Uh, I don't know. I go back and forth on this bacon thing. Well, one time they say, bad for you, next time. I love bacon. Bacon's the best thing I ever was. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Don't, don't be smoking. Uh, and that's all well and good. We, we know that. We have that knowledge. They tell us this. But, but putting that knowledge into practice. I was on the golf course and a buddy of mine was, was talking that, that he was going to eat healthier. That he was going to, to join a gym and, and get healthier and, and do this and that. That worked until 6 o'clock that night. And and anyway, anyway, we know to exercise. We know that. We know that. We have that, that knowledge. We know to dedicate ourselves more than what we do. To take better care of ourselves. We have the knowledge. what we need to pray for is the wisdom for us to succeed with what we know. Rich is and honor. A young man applied for a job. As a farmhand. When asked for his qualifications, the farmer asked his kid for his qualifications. He said, I can sleep when the wind blows. I can sleep when the wind blows. Well, the farmer, you know, probably somebody about like me, sort of wondered about it. But he liked his young guy, so he hired him. A few days later, the farmer and his wife they woke up in the middle of the night, to a violent storm. They quickly began to check things out to see if all was secure. They found that the shutters on the farmhouse, they had been securely fastened. A good supply of firewood was sent by the fireplace. The farm implements, they had been placed in the storage shed, safe from the elements. The tractor had been moved into the tool shed. The barn had been properly locked. All was well. Even the animals were calm. It was then that the farmer grasped the meaning of the young man's words, I can sleep when the wind blows. Because the farmhand had the wisdom, had the wisdom to do his work when the skies were clear. He was prepared for the storm. When it broke. When the wind blew, he had no fear. He was able to sleep in peace. What else might we expect from wisdom? Proverbs seven: four and five, "Say to wisdom, "You are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend, that they may keep you from loose women, from the adulteress with their smooth words. We could limit these words, note the reference to sexuality and say amen and move on. But, but that would limit, I think, the scripture too much. I think we could legitimately expand them to say that wisdom helps us avoid all sorts of wrong choices in our lives. A young man of 32 was appointed president of a bank. He had never dreamed he'd be president, much less it At such a young age. So he approached the chairman of the board. And he said you know I've just been appointed president. And I was wondering if you could give me some advice. The old man came back with just two words. Right decisions. Right decisions. The young man had hoped for a bit more than this. So he said that's really helpful. And I appreciate it. But can you be a bit more specific. How did I make right decisions? The wise old man responded, experience. The young man said, well, that's just the point of me being here. I don't have the kind of experience I need. How do I get it? The old man responded, wrong decision. It gets so frustrating when people are job hunting. Remember being offered the employment world and being offered and and them saying "All all we want is experienced people. Well how can someone without experience get any experience if the job's only went to those that already had experience? Especially when we know that we can handle this job. Why not hire me? But as these years have gone by, and they've gone by in a hurry, I might add, I've learned what employers were looking for. Not someone who could just do the job right. They wanted someone who knew what to do when everything in the job went wrong. And friends, it will go wrong sooner or later. What is the value to this congregation and this United Methodist Church? In all my years of experience in ministry, for you and I both know that someone fresh out of seminary can come in here and do what I do. The preaching, the teaching, the weddings, the funerals, the hospitals, the administration. We all know that. The difference is, after all these years, I know some things that can go wrong, and hopefully can offer a bit of wisdom to help guiding and and helping us avoid the pitfalls. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend. One more thing about wisdom this morning. And so much more could be said. Y'all know that. Proverbs 8, 12 says, I, wisdom, live with prudence, And I attain knowledge and discretion. Wisdom is honest enough to admit that she does not have all the answers. There is still much, much more to learn. Wisdom still looks to attain. How many times those of you that have been in my disciple Bible study classes or that know me very well have said, I don't know. I have said that more to you guys probably. than than everybody that you've ever been in church with added together. Because there are some things that we don't know, so why lie about it? Why not just say, I don't know. I don't get it either. You know? Um, And usually what I'll do is I'll say, that's a real good question. Do some research on that and get back with us. You know? Well, isn't that right? I mean, if you're wanting to know. Um, But wisdom. Wisdom was created first. Wisdom was created first. And if wisdom says, I don't have all the answers, how could we possibly think that we do? told you all about my friend in parable. He's, he's a preacher, sort of. And, and, well, no, he is, I guess. And, and, uh, but he, he understands it. He gets it. He's told me he did and I'm sort of like my daddy when he was around Curtis Fitzgerald. I sort of move over a step or two, hoping lightning hits him and not me. You, you know, not all of us get it all. And I tried to explain that to him. I'll ask him a question, and he'll, he'll come back around with, well, this or that. And You have to understand this. No, 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 no. What does Scripture say? What does the Scripture say? I'm telling you if we in this church will pray for wisdom we have the knowledge if we'll pray for wisdom we can change the world one person at a time but it means we outdo one another showing hospitality that we build one another up that we love one another that we, that we and, and I'm going to say give up our pew. Y'all know what I mean. That's metaphorically speaking. I don't mean y'all have to switch and, and all that. But just don't run anybody off if they're sitting in your pew. Um, what we do, what we do in, in the church today. John Wesley had a buddy, and his name was George Whitfield. Wesley had the knowledge. Whitfield had the wisdom. He said, John pull off your robe. He was a Calvinist, by the way, Whitfield was. But he was a Methodist Calvinist. I've never figured out how that worked. But but, but anyway. He said, pull off your robe, get out here, preach to people, preach to people in the coal mines, to poor people, to folks that are not going to walk through these doors. Thus, Methodism. They called called them holy rollers, Bible moths. Methodists are not called that anymore. We're called several other things, but that's not one of them. But, but anyhow, anyhow, and would you know it, it worked. And it worked. And here we are, here we are, 2019, Hebrew Springs, Arkansas, and I'm telling you that we have the gifts and the graces of God in this church to change not only this town, and the school is only a start. To change this town, but to lead people to Jesus Christ. Praying for wisdom. The other night at the park service, a kid had a cigarette behind his ear. Now I don't care, I've smoked all my life. And am not saying that that's alright, I don't smoke much anymore, just every once in a while. But, but anyway, there was a group of teenagers that were setting off. We were from where the pavilion is. They were back off over here. And in other services, I've said 12 to 15. So I don't know how many, a bunch of them. They were invited. Shannon Martin invited them. She knew these kids. They were kids that's not in Sunday school anywhere this morning, folks. They're not really the kind of kids you probably want your kids running around with. But anyway, invited them over. Instead of, of beating them over the head and saying, you shouldn't be smoking, you shouldn't be, da-da-da-da-da. One kid even had a baby raccoon, cutest coon you ever saw. And, and anyway, they come over and ate with us. They didn't stay for the worship. Not, not in a pavilion. We didn't have room for them. We had 52 people that are not in church anywhere there anyway. How about that, church? Uh, the, I'm, I'm telling you, that's huge. But, but for those used to be there, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we can change the world. Not us, but the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, you want to be wise. Remember, Jesus sent his disciples out, and he said, be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. How about that, church? That can be us. That can be us. Reaching out to the least, the last, and the lost with the love of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm awfully thankful. Thankful that we're given that opportunity. That God hasn't given up on us yet. He, he hasn't washed his hands and said, I'm done with you, boy. And he could have many, many times, but he hasn't done that. He loves us, and he cares for us.